0: Just about 20 minutes north of here, uh, on this highway in front, I'll turn around and show you, uh, there's about 500 Nicaraguans stranded at the border and we're headed up there today to feed two, two meals to the people that are in no man's land. But here we are at Corner of Love's new property getting ready to feed these families all this week. We understand that the situation is not going to resolve quickly, and so here we'll take you in so that you can see how we're preparing to feed all these refugees up at the border.
1: When people are forced to flee their home countries, where do they go, and who's there to help them? First thing that often comes to mind is that they must be headed to the U.S. or Canada or Europe, and this happens, of course. But as my guest today reminds us, The current refugee crisis is affecting countries and communities all over the globe, and the need is great. The human suffering that's created as a result is unimaginable. And that's why Tanya Morocek Amador, her family, and her team have chosen to do everything they can to help these precious people through an organization that they call Corner of Love. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Tanya Morocek Amador, welcome to the program.
0: Hi, Adam. Thank you for having me.
1: Tanya, so good to see you again. Tell me, first of all, how is the refugee crisis as the refugees flee Nicaragua and I know also Venezuela?
0: Well, coronavirus has really done a number on the situation here in Costa Rica and also Colombia for refugees and vulnerable families. There's just more people than ever and a lot of people trying to get back to Venezuela or get back to Nicaragua and find themselves stranded. So, We're dealing now with them, not just hunger, but also homelessness, which is really tough.
1: The crisis existed prior to COVID, right? So the the refugees were already leaving Nicaragua. They were already leaving Venezuela. It was a really bad situation. Then you add COVID on top of that. It's complicated it even more. What are the types of scenarios that the people were fleeing, pouring out of the countries? How many are we talking? What was the situation like?
0: Well, in Costa Rica, um, numbers vary, but um, most of the experts talk of about a hundred thousand or a little more than a hundred thousand. Now, you have to remember that Costa Rica is a country that's always been historically receiving uh, Nicaraguans for. Economic reasons, repression, etc. For you know the last several several decades, so um, the presence of Nicaraguans here is really a lot higher um, than a hundred thousand. But those hundred thousand that are mentioned over and over are the ones who are most vulnerable because those are the ones who entered Costa Rica from two thousand eighteen. Um, through today. And most of them were day laborers. Uh, The people that our programs benefit mostly um, worked, you know, here or there, picked up a day or two, sometimes three days per week, Um, a lot of informal employment. But then um, with the onset of COVID, um, everybody was told to stay home, right? Um, Costa Rica has done a very good job managing the pandemic. But um, everyone is supposed to be uh, staying home and the country has largely shut down, although not a total official shutdown. Um, and that um, through all of our, you know, Nicaraguan and Venezuelan refugees, the huge majority of them um, into a, a deeper um, poverty and um, things are very, very critical for them. Most of the people that, that we help are only eating um, one to two meals a day. And very unfortunately, um, I'd really have to say that probably the majority of them only one meal a day.
1: Tanya Morocek Amador joining us from Corner of Love on the Edge of Adventure podcast. Tanya, today you are in Costa Rica, right? You guys have headquarters there in Central America now in Costa Rica. Is that right?
0: Correct. I'm in San Jose today and Corner of Love has two refugee centers here in Costa Rica. We have one up by the Nicaragua border in a small town called La Cruz. It's just about a 15-minute short drive to the, the border crossing there in Peñas Blancas. And that center um, distributes rice, beans, milk, cooking oil, etc. But a bigger function of it is actually providing what we call hero services, which is it's kind of like catering. So we've been bringing hot meals to the border where hundreds of um, Nicaraguans and, and Cubans have been basically camping out right at the country line. And today there, there's still a group of Cubans. They're now in the C- Costa Rican government's camp called Catem. But there have been other moments where these groups have swelled to 200, 300, 400, even over 500 in the case of the Nicaraguans in July, right at the country line. And they were just covering, them, covering themselves with black plastic and um, eating out of their backpacks. And so Corner of Love began providing two hot meals for them while they waited because the Nicaraguan government wouldn't let them into their own country.
1: Tanya, what do you think, obviously food has to be one of those, but what do you think one of the greatest needs are that the refugees have that you see over and over again?
0: I would say um, direct financial assistance at this time to pay their rent because, you know, we don't want them to get evicted. And a lot of them are are dealing with that. And they have small children. They end up on the streets of of Costa Rica. And that's not what we want. But outside of these times of, of coronavirus, I would say, They need uh, medical help. They need someone to believe in their dreams. We talk with them a lot about having one goal, one sustainability goal, and then Corner of Love trying to walk next to them to support that one goal. So it may be, for instance, someone who is a carpenter in Nicaragua and and their short-term goal right now is just to acquire the tools that they need to work in that same industry or it may be, um, you know, a lady who her one goal is to get into school, but she lacks her proper documents to actually register with the university and in Costa Rica. So I think um, listening to them and um, being willing to to walk with them regarding their their one sustainability goal, and in the meantime providing you know medical dental care and and food supplies because they just lack basically all basic needs. It's it's really. A very sad situation you know it's it's really hard to keep a, a level head because there's so many good people who just they just don't have their basic needs they don't have shoes they don't have a backpack they don't have money to get from one bus station to another stop
1: so corner of love tanya started when and why what was it that got you guys motivated to serve in this way
0: well, we started officially in the year 2000 in the Matagalpa area of Nicaragua. But you could say that unofficially we got, our, we got going in the year 1992 because that was the first time that my husband Nelson and I um, traveled to Nicaragua. He had gone into exile in the 80s with the first round of all of the Sandinista troubles in the 80s. And so he returned to Nicaragua in 1992 with me. And uh, we did do a little bit of mission activity on that very first visit. Even though we were there for a family wedding, uh, we did distribute some blue jeans and some other things and and started to open our eyes. So, So our official start was the year 2000, mostly working in the Matagalpa region of Nicaragua, although we did do visits to lots of other places and very, very familiar with the whole country of Nicaragua. But we did work in just one country, so from 2000 to 2018, just in that one nation of Nicaragua. And then fast forward to, to now, the last two years, we have been growing into an international ministry, and now we're helping people, primarily Venezuelans and Nicaraguans, although also some Cubans and some refugees from Angola and other places, Haiti as well, but really primarily uh, Venezuelans and Nicaraguans, but now in Mexico, Costa Rica, Colombia, Colombia, and pretty soon Honduras as well, Panama as well, basically just helping out refugees that that uh, left since 2018 or or earlier in the case of Venezuela in a lot of different Latin American countries.
1: So, for example, in the work in Mexico, is that with refugees or that's a humanitarian yes. scenario? That's-
0: in the case of Mexico, what we have are um, numerous Nicaraguan families all supporting Nicaraguans living in Mexico today. Um, and there are people awaiting um, asylum trial, getting ready, you know, preparing their families for some type of a court date. But in the meantime, um, they're waiting there close to the U.S. border. Uh, we also have a couple other families in Mexico City, um, and all of them have fled Nicaragua due to the repression and that started in 2018 because of the civic uprising. Um, and so we're basically just helping try to keep them afloat because um, they aren't able to uh, get into the U.S. right now. They're awaiting their, their court date and they've got nothing to eat. And 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 those situations in Mexico are some of the most heartbreaking because there just isn't um, a Nicaraguan community there at all to lend any support. Whereas at least here in Costa Rica, again, you have that history of Nicaraguans coming to this country for many decades. In Mexico, that's that's not really the case. It's so much further north. So they're very, very alone. And one family that comes to mind—they um, have two small little boys, and um, they're, you know, living there in just a makeshift home, very close to the U.S. border. And just breaks my heart. Just breaks my heart. I mean, the, the little boys are not even in school because of the very unstable situation.
1: Talking today with Tanya Morochek Amador of Corner of Love, and they are working in Costa Rica, they're working in Colombia in both of those locations, helping to care for refugees leaving Nicaragua and Venezuela, also now working in Mexico, and I think soon in some other countries as well. What's the hardest thing to see, the hardest thing to witness in all this?
0: I think the hardest thing is the family separation. Um, you know, listening to people who haven't been able to see their families now in 18 months, two years. And when they tell us about that and how much they miss, you know, their husband or mother or children, um, tears always flow. And um, that sometimes makes it really hard for us to, you know, keep keep listening and and you know keep trying to stay in the conversation without becoming emotional ourselves as well. So um, we try very hard to reunite families wherever we can. We actually have some employees that—that um, that was the very first thing we did was reunite their families. So even though um, they were going to be working for Corner of Love and that part was secure for them, we we wanted to bring, you know, their kids and and wife or, or kids and husband to be with them so that they could be together. So, um, and we've duplicated that that with a couple other refugees as well. It was a big plan of ours for 2020 actually to reunite more families, but then coronavirus struck and now all travel is, you know, at a standstill. So we hope to get back to that in 2021, but I believe that to date um, we've helped reunite just over 50 families, I think maybe 51 or 52 families. Um, And that's very special uh, when they can, you know, come together and, and start thinking about what the future is like you know and I think getting over that hump of being very stuck on in in the past and what has happened because so much has happened to them right with everything that went on in Nicaragua and so many people who lost loved ones you know were shot at there was torture people jailed uh, and on and on and on uh, all of the different crimes against humanity committed in that country um And so a lot of people, you know, they, they, they just keep talking about what has happened to them, but once they're able to be with their family, I think they can begin to think about the future and they start having some conversations that look forward. And that gives us a lot of hope.
1: Tanya, a corner of love I know does so much. And one of the things that has always struck me about your organization is the level of efficiency. And the way that you guys reach so many people, the maximum number of people in the minimum amount of time, right? You guys are always moving quickly and you're providing these very basic needs. Help put that into perspective for us. As you think of the things that you guys are doing and have done over the last several years, what's the primary type of assistance that you guys focus on right now? And how are you getting it to the people?
0: Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for saying, Adam. We really appreciate your Your comments. I think the secret to our success has been always using native coordinators. So um, we have always been quick to figure out who is a native leader in which area and then vet that person and decide whether or not they can um, help Corner of Love. Most of the time, they sure can, right? And then empower them to help us do the work to begin getting information to our organization uh, about what people need, where they are, are they working, are they not working, and bringing that all into one central heart of, of Corner of Love so that we can then look at our supply and say, all right, all these people who don't have shoes and Wapilus, we can get them over there. These folks who need to be fed up at the border, we can open up our industrial kitchen and start feeding them. But really the secret to the success is partnering with natives, so uh, today we work with um, Venezuelans and, and Nicaraguans who know the different people groups very, very well, and um, they're able to do uh, a lot of the groundwork so that when Corner of Love arrives, um, we're getting specific items to specific people and in big numbers. So today we have our also our, our new refugee center that's in the capital here in, in San Jose that distributes emergency food bags every single day. Uh, we're, we're open every single day. Also do home visits in all of these urban sprawling neighborhoods uh, all over the, uh, Costa Rica's capital. And all of that is possible because of these Native coordinators who, um, they, they have a heart for refugees just like Nelson and I do. You know, we we may be the founders, but they're they're the beating heart that's out there in all of these different communities, and we're just very thankful for them. And a lot of them have gone through a lot in Venezuela and Nicaragua, and maybe they can't uh, be as public as as we can for a number of reasons, um, but they you know they would do anything for for their countrymen, and so um, I think really just putting the tools into their hands for them to to help is the big secret to success,
1: Tanya. Tell us what's happening in this picture here. For those of you who are listening to the audio version of the podcast, again, I'm a radio guy and I love the audio version of these things. There, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of my zone. But of course, we live in a very video centric age, and if you want to hop over to YouTube, hop over to Facebook, you'll be able to see on the Edge of Adventure platforms some of the pictures. And I've been sharing some some moving video and pictures. But this one caught my attention is here's you. This is you. And this is uh, I'm not sure when this picture was taken, but this is obviously during this time of COVID. All right. Mm-hmm. What's happening here? What are you guys distributing um, in this particular picture?
0: Very special picture. I'm really glad that, that you brought this up because we recently hosted uh, Venezuela's ambassadors. That's the um, Venezuelan ambassador Maria Faria in Costa Rica and uh, the Venezuelan ambassador in Honduras, Claudio Sandoval. And they um, were brought to Corner of Love's facilities and, and toured uh, all of our, our facilities here in Costa Rica. And we were able to um, bring them up to serve at the Nicaragua border. And on that day, uh, Corner of Love was providing meals to a group of Cubans. And um, they were just camping right there with tents on the side of the road, about 200 people, uh, mothers, children, infants, infants. Infants, elderly, etc., and um, both of the ambassadors were extremely moved to see these, this stranded people group there, and um, they they jumped in to help and actually began serving. So, in black next to me, that's Ambassador Maria Faria. Um, And then um, to my left is Ambassador Claudio Sandoval. And um, it was it was a very emotional day for them. Uh, You know, even though they see a lot of things as ambassadors and they've lived a lot of things in Venezuela as well. I think that's kind of Corner of Love's strong suit is being able to bring our, our volunteers and our special guests right to ground zero of the hurt. And so uh, we began serving um, oatmeal and, and bread, and I think there were doing tea. And right away, you know, the Cubans started talking about what they've lived in Cuba, um, which is very similar to Nicaragua and Venezuela. You know, we know that Cuba is basically uh, the cancer that has moved this this awful, you know, these awful policies through, throughout Latin America. And so it was just like a ditto, just like a broken record, just listening to people talk about situations in Cuba that could have been Nicaragua, could have been Venezuela. And I think all of us, Claudio and Maria and myself, the three of us just looked at each other and we were just like, wow, this is just, you know, it, it's just the same pain, the same script. And it was a very powerful day. And in fact, that day, led to further projects that I'm working on right now with Venezuela. And I'm super excited about that.
1: Tanya, there's a lot of different things you could be doing with your time. You're a very talented person, got a lot of skills. You have devoted your life to this. Why?
0: (sighs) There's just the simple answer is that this is what God has called me to do. Um, I honestly feel like Every time I can get something done, especially for Nicaragua, it's just a country that I would do anything for that country. And whenever we're able to um, move a little bit towards more human rights for for Nicaraguans and um, a better life for Nicaraguans, uh, it just completely energizes me. uh, It motivates me, but I do it for the Lord. Um, I consider myself a servant of God and um, I, I really do uh, you know without wanting to sound too radical feel like uh, i I hear him i I hear God saying you know go this way go that way help this person grow here shrink here and um and that's what corner of love is doing and and today there's a very specific need to raise this flag for these refugees who are not being they're not getting a lot of world attention you know because they're most of them, with the exception of the ones I was talking about in Mexico, you know, they're not knocking at America's door. These are people who are migrating through South and Central America. And, um, you know, Canadians and American, North Americans don't know very much about this. And yet we're living a migration crisis right now where almost six million people, six million, not hundreds of thousands, not hundreds, you know, six million people have left Venezuela and Nicaragua. Um, of course, most of them Venezuelan. And so there's just no doubt that God calls me uh, to do this work, and, and he calls me to to each place where where we step, and we're still hearing him, and he's still growing this mission that just really affirms us in our decisions right now at this time. I'm
1: sure you deal with a lot of people, a lot of organizations, agencies that are not faith-based. How do they interact with Corner of Love and the fact that you are devoted to caring for people in need, refugees, people that are experiencing a humanitarian crisis. what's their reaction?
0: adam, that's a that's a very good question because we interface with United Nations and uh, lots of different foundations here in in Costa Rica and also did in in Colombia and washington, d c as well. And yes, there are just a lot of um, I would say big, big organizations out there who may publicly be neutral or may have uh, you know a set of ideals that are just completely you know almost in conflict with with our biblical principles. And so we've tried very hard to uh, remain very diplomatic and and friendly. But we are mindful that their missions are are different than our own mission. And we are for the people and for helping raise their voice, especially those who have experienced repression. And there are a lot of organizations out there that they don't want to hear anything about repression. They don't want to hear anything about the human rights violations. You know, they want to stick to just give, give them the beans and rice. And, you know, we don't want to hear about the cause at all. And, um, you know, we also don't want to hear about any Growth and faith uh, as these people go through this journey, and so that's okay. You know, they they have their mission, and and we have ours. But um, I think that's what makes Corner of Love so special is that you know we don't hide it at all that we're a Christian organization, and we always ask uh, if someone would like prayer, and uh, we try very hard to put the tools in their hands for them to to grow their faith while they're going through this this very adverse situation. I think it really sets Corner of Love apart, well, there are a lot of them who say they consider us their pastors, and, and that's their their way of thinking. Um, but maybe more importantly, they know that we are Christ followers, and that's why we're their friends.
1: Tanya Morocek-Amador joining us today on the Edge of Adventure podcast from Corner of Love. And as we've been discussing, they're working in a lot of different areas throughout Latin America. And I've known Tanya for a couple of years. I've watched the organization continue to grow and serve people as the needs have changed, they've adapted, and it's certainly an inspirational thing to watch. Tanya, let's shift and start thinking about people throughout the West who might want to help Corner of Love. What are some of the ways they can? I know that Groups used to be a big. Used to invite groups to come down and serve. Obviously, with COVID, that was probably delayed. But tell me, is there a timetable for getting that back in the mix, and/or how can people help now as things are?
0: You know, we're really excited to be announcing very soon that we'll be going forward with all of our 2021 trips, um, and it's going to look very different than other years. And we're going to um, offer complete flexibility and transferability, so that if someone registers, they can number one, if they can't, if they end up not being able to go, they could transfer to a family member. Um, number two, um, we're going to be completely flexible. So if for any reason, you know, they just say, I, you know, I've got to go the next year, we're going to we're going to honor that as well. So it's going to be a very um, hop in, hop out um, mentality, because we think it's super important right now with what's going on with this global pandemic to help bring people back to serving the missions in groups is something that we really believe in. Um, we just think that Serving others and, and sacrificing yourself for, for a week and, and being at the service of, of the needy for one week, uh, it changes hearts. And even though there's all these things that we have to do right now, we have to take temperatures and use gloves and, of course, have the you know alcohol hand sanitizer out all the time and um, be doing all these other uh, protocol measures uh, to keep everybody safe, we think it's worth it. And and it's time to go ahead and invite people back. And so um, pretty soon we'll be having on our on our website, our one trip in January, February, March and, and, and on. And um, things are going to look a lot, you know, a little bit different. But we actually think that God's work is part of the solution to what's, you know, what's broken right now um, in North America and around the world. And we look forward to inviting our doctors and dentists back and they'll be here soon.
1: So you say participating in these trips changes hearts. How does it change a heart to get to serve in this way?
0: Well, you know, just yesterday I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine, and um, after knowing him for a very long time, he came to serve with Corner of Love last July in Costa Rica. And he had donated for some time, but he had never actually been there in person as part of the mission team, you know, distributing the medicine, hearing um, the people and and their stories. And, um, you know, a grown man uh, in his 40s talking to me on the phone about how those were the most significant moments of his life. Uh, And in fact, um, his daughter who came with him, you know, now wants to go into healthcare and he signed up for a prayer retreat for, for next weekend. And, you know, it's, it really touched me. And and that is just one example of of people who um, they come, they work and they don't just, hear the pain they you know a part of it actually they, they internalize it and they take with them those stories of the refugees and, and what happened to them and um, it helps them in in the short term as they get through uh, you know some of their own private um, difficulties and in the long term it just changes their outlook on life and and helps them you know come back to a place of, of gratitude and, and giving thanks to God for their blessings in their own life. And I just think that the power of service is is like none other. And, and even during coronavirus, um, we've got to wait, make a way uh, to bring back the hands of God into this into this scenario where where people can be the ones who are you know giving away the hydrocortisone or the acetaminophen or washing feet. Um, of the little refugee kids who are getting a new pair of shoes. Pretty soon we're gonna be giving out hundreds of backpacks. It just warms my heart to think about um, our volunteers coming back. And like I said, we're gonna we're gonna have to just, you know pick them up and drop them off whenever they can plane get here. Um, but that's okay with us because um, we we believe in that and and I know that people, they are different uh, after they've they've spent this time with people who are so broken. They're so broken, you know. These these refugees have gone through horrific situations, um, and you know, being able to to help piece their life back together and and call them your friend, a refugee friend, is a very special thing.
1: Tanya, what's one of the hardest things to witness? Perhaps the thing that that breaks your heart the most in a situation like you see day in and day out.
0: I think one thing that breaks my heart is. Um, seeing the um, the struggles, I mean, the very serious struggles of these displaced people, which sometimes causes them to lash out, lash out, um, you know, to their friends or family. You know, there's discord amongst the Venezuelan community or the Nicaraguan community at times. Other times it's less. And that's where those of us who, you know, can bring... Jesus' message into these different communities can, can help, and and we do see things um, be better, go go better when there's more visitation and and when more people are opening their Bibles and and we can work with them more because it it really distresses me when they they have so little that sometimes um, it just causes people to um. You know, it causes there to be more discord, more, um, more arguing, etc. Amongst different people groups. So, you know, just to kind of put that into context, I mean, if you have a group of Nicaraguans and a group of Haitians and a group of Cubans, and there's only enough food for um, 30 of the 100, well, what's going to happen? Well, you know, without um, other people who can insert themselves into that that scenario and and give you know find more bread. Um, or help counsel, um, sometimes, um, you know, squabbles happen. And that, that just distresses me, um, mostly because more food is needed. Because basically what we're dealing with right now is a hunger pandemic. Um, you know, people are, are, you know, people are starving. And, and that's, a, that's a hard thing to deal with in a country like Costa Rica that has been just, um, you know, all about tourism and Pura Vida for a long time. And yet you do have people here who who literally do not have enough to eat
1: this is the edge of adventure podcast tanya Morochek amador is my guest today we're getting close to the end of it here but i want to ask a couple of other questions tanya for the potential financial partner that's out there watching today and they this strikes a chord with them and they think i need to i need to help i need in some way to be involved Uh, where do they go to find out more about that and then when they make a donation where does that money go
0: Thank you so much for for mentioning that, Adam. Yes, right now we have very big needs. We're outfitting three different containers at our Northern Refugee Center. Uh, One will be dedicated to dental services. Uh, We just finished um, a climate-controlled pharmacy at that same facility, and we're also working on another container that's for optical services. So um, we are... We have we have big needs trying to you know outfit these refugee centers to do even more for these displaced families and people can donate at um, corneroflove.org um, and that way you know we'll be in touch and and we'll be connected and you know with their permission we'll we'll keep giving them news about what's going on with with corner of love and how they can continue to help. Well number 1 they can designate they can say you know I want to give towards food or I would like to give towards the the dental container I'd like to give towards medicine um we can definitely accommodate that um and number 2 I would say that we are one of the very most direct charities out there when people donate to Corner of Love um it is it is literally you know going straight to uh, these vulnerable families. I mean, we're right here on the ground, and we're completely transparent. People can come and visit us and see our two facilities, um, and you know, see all of the prescription medicine and all of the emergency food bags, and and see it with their own eyes. And I think that that's just a huge strength for us that we are that we are so direct, and it's just right from someone's um, you know their resources right to the person in need. So. Come on down, come visit us, or donate at corneroflove.org. Like I said, we'll stay in touch with you with your permission, and and you'll get some some more news from us, and and keep watching your your gift go forward and and do more things because um well God knows how to multiply it. Put it that way.
1: <laughs> All right, so I have two final questions. One, uh, we're going to wrap up this little portion here in English, and then I'm going to ask you to um, address the audience in Spanish okay. because they love you so much. And we love them so much. I want to be sure we uh, get some Spanish into uh, to the recording. So you know, we all have our problems. We all have our issues, we all have the things that consume us. But so many of us have it so good. Um, to the world out there that maybe has been very, very focused on themselves and perhaps need to uh, shift the focus to others, what's on the other side of that, when you take the focus off of you and you begin putting the focus on how you can help someone else, what happens?
0: Absolute magic. You know, lives are completely changed. And I think my message uh, to people living in different countries, and and I mean outside of of Costa Rica or Colombia, where we are primarily working, uh, would be, um, number one, there's a mistruth out there. There's a mistruth that Um, immigrants who reach U.S. borders are more important than migrants moving throughout the rest of the world. That is a mistruth. There is too much focus on those who are able to reach um, the U.S. border and and possibly get in or not, um, and the rest of all of these displaced families. Because, I mean, we're talking about six million people. I mean, why is there not more attention on what's going on right now? I mean, this is the same, uh, well, almost the same magnitude of, you know, World War II in, in Europe. I mean, it's reaching those numbers anyways. And so um, we need to dispel that mistruth and we need to begin thinking way beyond our borders. And um, And then number two, I would say, that, you know, it's, it's human nature to not want to be close to pain, to stay away from it, to, to not want to see images of people suffering. And yet that's what has the most potential to change our own lives. And so, you know, get close to it, get close to the need, the pain, the suffering. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't even smell good when you're, you're actually right there at a country line where there are hundreds of people, but, um, we think that um, you all should. We think that you all should bridge that gap and, and come and actually you know, touch the pain and be with the people because it's just so life-changing, which is what we just were talking about. But I mean, this is a very, very big problem and we need to dispel that that longstanding mistruth that people that reach the United States or reach North America are in some way, you know, their cases are more important. There should be more focus on them. You know, we know that um, it's important to welcome uh, vulnerable people and refugees um, at the U S and Canadian border, et cetera. But what about, what about the rest of the world? What about these 6 million people and this huge migration crisis that's going on right now? It, It, I hope that whenever we open our mouths, um, people connect with, with that pain and, and all those all those people because this is big. I mean, these are large, large numbers of mothers and fathers and children who are moving around Latin America and need help really bad.
1: My guest today on the Edge of Adventure podcast, Tanya Morocek Amador, joining us. From San Jose, Costa Rica, the uh, Latin American headquarters for Corner of Love. And to find out more information, we've uh, been sharing this throughout the interview on the screen. I want to be sure and mention that you can and you should connect with them at corneroflove.org, corneroflove.org. You can also look them up on Facebook, same sort of thing. Look for Corner of Love. It's a beautiful Facebook page. Got a very vibrant and active following and great pictures, great stories. Really helps you stay in touch and connected with the organization and the different areas and the different people that they're ministering to. For those of you that prefer Instagram or also like Instagram, hop on over there. You'll find them corner of love underscore global corner of love. Underscore global. And again, a great place to start, regardless. It's just at the website, get to know them. All the links that you need are there on the site, including how you can get involved, how you can participate in a trip and go down and help out in person. And that's going to be coming up in 2021 as we clear the pandemic. And then also great opportunities to give and to support and to come, come alongside them in uh, some financial ways so thank you tanya before we shift over briefly here to spanish i just want to thank you officially in english for your time today
0: Thank you. you do such great work. We, we so appreciate you reaching
1: out. Thank you. Well, thank you, Tanya. Y ahora con nosotros, Tanya Morochek, Amador, con nosotros aquí en el podcast de mm-hmm. The Edge of Adventure, El Borde <laughs> de la Aventura. Soy Adam Asher. Y gracias a todos ustedes por sintonizar, por ser parte de esto. Tenemos a mucha gente que nos escucha, que nos que participa con nosotros, que habla español. Y me están siempre diciendo que tenemos que tener también entrevistas en español y por eso tenemos que aprovechar este momento con Tania. Tania, ¿cuál es el mensaje que usted tiene para la gente de Latinoamérica? Estamos pasando por momentos difíciles, muy difíciles, por diferentes razones. ¿Cuál es el mensaje principal que usted tiene para la gente?
0: Hola, buenos días, Adam, muchas gracias por tenerme en tu programa, un lindo programa, me encanta estar contigo. Eh, bueno, mi mensaje yo creo que para los, los que hablan español es que no nos podemos olvi- olvidar de, de estas personas que están migrando de Venezuela y, y Nicaragua por todo Latinoamérica. Hay nicaragüenses y venezolanos en, en muchísimos países de Latinoamérica y ellos se sienten eh, olvidados. Entonces, mi mensaje de hoy sería tratar de pensar En, en estas personas son casi 6 millones de hombres, mujeres, niños eh, que son vulnerables y están por eh, muchos diferentes países, especialmente Costa Rica y, y Colombia. Y es donde donde trabaja Corner of Love en, en, en estos dos países, además de también tener servicios eh, en, en México, Panamá y, y Honduras y es, también pero si pudieran ocupar una tarjetita o algo que pueden poner en su cartera que les hace pensar en estos seis millones de migrantes algo que les recuerde de su sufrimiento y, y su, su jornada eso es lo, lo importante ahorita que no quedan en el olvido estas seis millones de personas seis millones no no cienes de miles no cienes sino seis millones de personas que han migrado de, de Venezuela y, y Nicaragua también.
1: Muchísimas gracias, Tania. Yo sé que tenemos que volver a invitarle al programa para hablar 100% en español completamente también porque va a ser importante. Pero por ahora, gracias por su tiempo. Yo sé que está ocupada, que está ahora con mucho que hacer y por eso yo aprecio el tiempo que ha tomado compartir conmigo y con la gente la visión y el corazón de Corner of Love.
0: Mm-hmm. Gracias, Adam. Vamos a seguir en la lucha siempre y tratando de ayudar. Y gracias por levantar esta voz tan importante en tu programa para los migrantes.
1: My guest today here on the Edge of Adventure podcast, Tanya Morochek Amador. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thanks for your friendship, and again, thank you for joining me for the program today. Muchísimas gracias, Tanya, por estar con nosotros. Su amistad me significa mucho, y estamos en contacto. Gracias por todo lo que hace.
0: A ustedes, a ti y a tu equipo también, maravilloso por hacer este trabajo. Muchas gracias. Dios te bendiga,
1: My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to The Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, #TheEdgeOfAdventure. of Adventure. Thanks for joining us, always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo.